Grog. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cider Shed Podcast. I'm Matthew Weir. Kerry, you're here too, aren't you? I am here, yes. We need that sort of music on when people go back in time, you know, where people go all wavy. You mean that harp sound that I always put on? Yeah. All right, I'll have to dig that out, wherever that is. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, let's stay in the future. You're sounding pretty bright, Kerry. Yeah, I've got a new microphone. So I'm hopefully not very crackly and sound relatively normal to the listeners. You sound great. Oh, good. A little bit of a trial last week, but we we Mm. got through it. So we're doing something slightly different this week because Kara's off to Latvia and therefore we are not able to record a full normal Cider Shed podcast as we would reviewing the week. But what we're going to have a little look at is something we wanted to do for ages, was have a look at a week that was a long time ago, or in terms of this week, a week that wasn't. (laughs) So we are going to be looking back to the Omnibus from the 30th of September 2018. So over five years ago, we're going to post a link to a YouTube channel that has the Omnibus so people can listen. I found it a really nice little trip down memory lane, even though not all of the subject matter was uplifting. There's a lot of foreshadowing there, wasn't there, when you listen to it, to do with a lot of the other characters and what was to come later for them. I mean, let's make no bones about it. It's the week Freddy's court appearance. Yeah, that was hanging over him the whole episode. And I I don't know about you, but I remember vividly listening to this omnibus and I think this Mm -hmm. at that point in time because of my job I wasn't listening on a weekly basis I was just listening to the omnibus and I remember very clearly listening to this yeah I too used to only listen to the omnibus and I can remember I I was really gripped actually by this omnibus how what made you pick this one was it because you knew that it was the freddy one or did you just randomly choose it no i looked up what week he went down and i remember okay. he went down in the final on the friday's episode mm. uh, there were two episodes i looked up i looked looked up this one and the one a few months later where russ went round to brookfield for christmas and it was all massively <gasps> awkward so I think we'll do, we might do that one maybe closer to christmas because those are the yeah. two ones that we've hand-picked Presenting Borsitcher's hottest new night spot, the Bee at Ambridge. On our menu, enjoy our open plan salad cheese plate. Isn't that called a plowman's? Braised meat carefully topped with puff pastry. That's a pie. The thing you're describing is a pie. Here's your pint. Is that a pint of shires? Oh, no, sorry. This is shites. It stands for sour hops, inocular, tannin, endosperm. Obviously, the bee at Ambridge will only exist as a concept until someone gets blown up in a hotel and then everyone feels really bad about it and then it won't happen. Heckles, look out! (laughs) Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, main topics, really, they would be Freddie's court case. This is what we were just saying, wasn't there? Knock-on effects of that were that Harrison and Fallon's wedding, Kenton had obviously said something to Fallon to the effect that Harrison's arresting of Freddie had ruined his nephew's life. Yeah, he'd overreacted, according to Kenton. One little mistake. Well, was it, though? Well, no, it wasn't, was it? Exactly. <laughs> we got Lee teased. We didn't hear Lee. Mm. Emma was setting up the karate class. I remember that. I, I remember really badly that scene where she was trying to get Helen to come on board. Yeah, she really guilt-tripped her, didn't she? But wouldn't Henry be really disappointed if you don't join in? And he'll really <laughs> love it if you do join in. <laughs> yeah, and wouldn't you want to end up slight banging that karate instructor and then fuck him over five years later, Helen? It's so funny, isn't it? it knowing in this episode that lee is on the karate horizon lee and bryn run the karate club i think bryn mm. saw the writing on the wall and got out yeah yeah we had a lot of peggy on mike which feels quite strange after all this time yeah i was a little disappointed no joe when i listened through but i i flicked back to the omnibus before and joe was in that one flower and produce show intrigue brian peggy and jennifer are spying on everyone trying to steal yeah. their idea i really remember that happening because i thought how pathetic it was hannah and emma have had their recent troubles regarding george but in this one they didn't seem to be getting on very well either did they oh no was that about the housing yeah because Emma's very excited about the prospect of a new home and she mentioned that her parents are going to help her with the deposit generously. It seems there'd already been an argument between Hannah and Emma, or at least Hannah and Neil on that front about putting up the money for the housing. Um, hang on, sorry, I just got distracted by a massive flying insect. Uh, okay, all right. Oh dear, Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah, it's fine, it'll be fine. And also yeah. we're pre-cheese, aren't we? Pre-bridge farm changing. Well, they're certainly pre-buying the dairy herd mm. that are going to be dedicated for the cheese but wasn't the cheese already happening oh i don't know but that was there was some friction between helen and tom wasn't there i don't think they were totally pre-cheese i haven't made a note of when cheese began <laughs> what well bc get the fuck out of your... oh what is it I don't know. I'll tell you what it's is it dead thing? now no oh, shit. no Sorry, everyone, you just had to witness that. There's been a murder. There's been a murder. A murder. Um, yeah, sorry about that, everyone. That might stay in for the patrons. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they can hear a death on air, like we were robbed of robs. We were we were robbed of rob. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah, um, mm. just to, just to be a bit of clarity, because we've only listened once to. We're recording this on Tuesday, and we haven't. We've only recorded to Sunday and Mondays once, so we're probably we wouldn't be able to give it our our usual classic intricate forensic going over but yeah i mean the other thing that stood out to me listening to this lots of characters in each episode oh it was chock-a-block i think there were at least 15 or so in the whole thing uh, funny you say that kerry because i went in and counted on oh, the just... archers omnibus site listed on the bbc am i well off well there were 21 characters listed oh my god but two of those characters were tony archer 
and Carol Tregoran. And I don't recall hearing in it. either of those no. in that episode. No. So that's 18. I wasn't far off then with my guess. Yeah. So there seemed to be an error there. But if you look at most recent episodes of The Archers, the last two omnibuses have had 15 characters. I did think that when I was guessing. I thought it would be so funny if that's how many there are now. <laughs> Yeah, there, there have been 15 for the last two weeks. I think the week, three weeks ago, there were like 17 characters in it. But there was a lot going on, wasn't there? There was there were lots of things going on and maybe that's changed then. Well, people, we've had this debate before, haven't we? About do mm. they edit things out of the omnibus that are in the midweek episodes? And I always thought they didn't do that. And some people have come back and have been really adamant and say they do. Mm. So is it possible that Tony and Carol were briefly on air in the episodes during the week, but then they got axed from the omnibus? Because it was funny that Pat, you know, that Pat held that meeting. She chaired the meeting about the Bridge Farm future and Tony was absent. Yeah, his car had blown up on the Borchester bypass. (laughs) Maybe that's what he did in the um, midweek. You just heard an explosion and Tony go, ah. (laughs) <laughs> and then Tom was just like, well, shall we reschedule? And Pat went, no, 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 we don't need him here. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, she was like, I can speak for both of us. It was quite a cash meeting as well, really, when it was about the whole future of what they were going to be doing. It took, it took about five minutes. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Bridge Farm and where they were five years ago. So essentially, Tom wants to put up his trees, doesn't he? Yeah. And Helen wants to have a dedicated dairy herd for her for her cheese. Tom's really happy for her to get the dairy herd. She isn't as happy for him to get his trees. She couldn't really disguise it either, could she? She basically said, I'm going to support you because mum and dad are paying for it. But, and he said, well, wouldn't it be the other way around? If, wouldn't you support, I'd support you? And, and she was like, yes, and I'd be delighted. I was like, you don't sound delighted yourself. It was all very half-arsed and all she was focused on was she'd got her thing and then was quickly sort of going, anyway, I've got to go now. And Tom almost said something along the lines of, well, that was, you could at least pretend you were pleased for me with his agri-forestry. It says a lot about their relationship that Hannah offered later, say, shall I put in a good word for you with your sister? Yeah, I know. And Tom said, um, yeah, she really respects you, as if she doesn't respect him at all. They were very briefly in it, weren't they, Bridge Farm? It wasn't that part of the storyline. One of the things we heard a bit more about, Home Farm. So Brian's kind of retired at this point. Yeah, and bored. Bored out of his mind. And just every time something goes wrong, he's finding a reason to blame Adam. Although, you know, he did go through the winter harvest profit figures and could see that they weren't doing as well as they normally were yeah he had some receipts as well didn't he he said that that adam had gone to a party in worcester and stayed over the night and he said that that a sprayer went down that weekend Mm -hmm. while he was away and adam delayed splashing the cash hiring a new one you're starting to think is that the five grand is that why he wasn't doing that at the time and jennifer of course stood right up for adam and was like oh focus on some positives instead of just what he's doing wrong all the time brian yeah and you know some words you could live by kerry she said you should find something more constructive to do than to keep finding fault with adam (laughs) no i'm not listening to her (laughs) show me something he's done that's great and i might think again the espionage with the flower and produce show yeah 
Yeah. Susan said that Neil had his leaks and courgette. He was going up against Bert, Joe and Cecil. Well, only one of that holy trinity remains now, so... There can be only one. How is Neil not clearing up at the Flower and Produce show these days? <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe he is. Because yeah, there was... I always get mixed up with these. There's Harvest Supper and... Flower and produce. I thought they were talking all about the harvest supper during this with the apple pies and casseroles and animals made out of fruit. Ah, there were two things going on at once, Kerry. Oh dear, I can't cope with that. There was a har <laughs> it was a harvest <laughs> supper at the bull. And there was the flower and produce show, which is mm. being held wherever the hell that normally gets held. Must be the village hall, mustn't it? One thing I do remember vividly is that mm. Emma was making brigadeiros, that little Brazilian ganache ball ah. thing that you then roll in kind of hundreds and thousands. Was that word mentioned in this omnibus yeah, that I've Emma's... listened to twice? Yeah, Susan said, <laughs> are you going to make your brigadeiros? And I remember vividly tweeting something about that at the time, about her pronunciation of it. Oh, God, didn't even notice that whatsoever. No? No. Did... Are you sure we listened to the same omnibus, Kerry? That'd this be is going to be a right old show. <laughs> what if you just said, no, Tony yeah. and Carol were in it. They were in every episode. Yes. I'd be like, shit. Yeah, you did say 2019, didn't you? <laughs> that would be funny. Imagine if I just mm. had a completely different one to you. <laughs> and it took us an hour to notice. <laughs> you you did hear casseroles mentioned and, and apple pies, didn't you, from Jennifer? It wasn't casserole trigoran, was it? That would explain the <laughs> cast list then. Oh, yeah. They've balls that and up, haven't they? Probably, yeah. And someone made a miniature garden. Was it Kira? Maybe it was Kira. Kira and Poppy were mentioned, weren't they? Yeah, because Kira was the miniature garden person and she was making animals out of fruit. Can you imagine? And then Clary was making Nick's harvest pie for Poppy to enter into the competition, which consists of leftover veg. Oh, was it? I thought it was consist of Nick. Yes, leftover Nick. Because she said Poppy would be very upset if Nick's pie didn't win. And it does, doesn't it? From memory. That's a damn good question. Maybe I think I'll it listen. did. Okay. I mean, posthumous pies are a thing, aren't they? I mean, Brian bashed out the leek and prune pie. You know, oh, yeah. Jen, <laughs> Jen is dead. And he's like, do you know what I'm going to serve up? What the dead person made. <laughs> yeah. This is true. I mean, you know, a pie at any time is good, isn't it? Who made this? Yeah, the person in the casket. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it was out of the freezer, wasn't it? It literally was hers. Yeah, and he busted out. He had loads of Wellingtons as well, didn't he? I, yeah, because it does get quite muddy. Jenny liked to keep them in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, so I did. I missed out on your Brigadaro or whatever it is. <laughs> That's worse than Susan's pronunciation. <laughs> Brigadoon. Brigadieros. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of funny because obviously, if you just pluck an omnibus out of thin air, mm. you have to think it's like doing one of those, you know, slot a sentence into the into the right place in a paragraph. You really need the context of what went before it and what's coming after it for mm. it to all make sense. And while you can remember little bits of things that happen in the archers, there were parts of this where I was like, I don't totally remember what it was that Kenton said to Fallon at the wedding that caused so much shite. Yeah. And 
particularly as Harrison is the one that, you know, made the arrest and they seem to be on better terms. Mm, yeah, this than is he it. does with Fallon. I did like when um, Jolene was trying to engineer the, the dinner where they were going to look at all the wedding photographs together. And uh, Harrison was saying to Fallon, oh, Kenton's really keen to look at our photo albums at wedding. I mean, obviously, Kenton would not be keen on that as an evening activity, even if they were best mates, would he? Particularly as they had photos of him with his tie round his head, oh, yeah. like, like a crazed yuppie on coke. But it all went a bit sour, didn't it? Because when they went over to their house to look at the album, mm. Fallon was like, oh, that was our DJ. Oh, he did such a good job. And then Kenton was like, why? Because my nephew couldn't do it because you arrested him for drug dealing. <laughs> and she was just like, oh, no, I was just going to say I don't like a tallow house. Yeah. <laughs> he flipped, didn't he? Yeah. Big scene. Didn't go well. I don't remember him being that ratty about it, I have to say. Yeah, it's all family pride, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, sort of he misplaced did, family pride. He did very much say, like, never go against the family. Mm. Like, you know. But well, he, he has sometimes, hasn't he? Well, he was the one that reported Russ to the school, wasn't yes. he? And we heard at the time that Russ, they were awaiting Russ's, mm, like, employment tribunal. Yeah. Which Kenton had basically engineered and kicked off. Hypocrisy in the archers, Matthew. Yeah, and also the fact that these these storylines cleared themselves up incredibly quickly. Yeah. Freddie asked Elizabeth because of this all, you know, he felt ashamed and what he'd done. And Freddie wasn't staying at Lower Loxley because that would have broken his bail conditions. Yes, correct. He was with Shula. I mean, you picked this bloody omnibus and the first thing I heard when I started it was Shula. Yeah, apologies for that. Mm. Well, there was... Um, in the weeks prior to that, Camilla, Nigel's sister, had come down, hadn't she? And went, come on, Freddie, just come and stay with me in, like, wherever she lived, Mayfair or somewhere like that, and just get away from mm -hmm. this awful family. And it actually took Shula. He was going to go with her, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. And I think it was actually St. Shula that came in yeah. and convinced him to stay in Ambridge. At the beginning of the episode, she was really fussing over him, wasn't she? Yeah. Uh, he wasn't wanting things to eat. She kept asking how he was feeling. And it's really good to talk. I wish I'd talked more in the past about my issues. She was quite nice. She did say supportively that her and Kenton, Kenton, no, not Kenton, Alistair, her and Alistair are always there for him to talk to. Oh, I tell you, that's one thing that annoyed me and turned on a sixpence. How foul Lizzie was to Alistair. While taking oh, yes. And then Alistair was just being absolutely lovely. Yep. He's a good man, is Alistair. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, she's cause... very childishly taking sides in it. Lots of, I mean, there's lots of stuff going on legality wise, isn't there? Brian's still moping about the decision of poisoning the am. Russ yeah. is under a workplace investigation. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to get through the sale of the, of the farm and they're mm -hmm. complaining about the agent. Fred is going down imminently yeah mm. and you've got what was the other thing there that i've instantly forgotten divorce oh, the divorce <laughs> yeah yeah the divorce petition yeah but you're right about elizabeth because alistair was saying oh i saw freddie i'll be i'll be there on friday to support him and she was like oh you needn't he's technically you're technically not family anymore anyway and freddie's doing really well is that just her having her sister's back Oh, it was hard to tell. I mean, she was cross because 
the implication was that Shula was taking the hit for the divorce and saying it was her fault. She was at fault. What she didn't realise, Elizabeth, was that that was an entirely mutual decision. Yeah, and Alistair's petition of the divorce is a long list of things that Shula's done wrong. Do you think you would be able to cook up that for divorcing Shula, Kerry? Oh, that was so funny when Shula was saying, oh, yes, Alistair's at least sent me the draft of his list of my faults. I was like, how how much fucking longer is this going to go on? It was was just a photo of Shula's face with loads of cocks drawn on it. (laughs) Uh, just a series of beige cardigans. <laughs> Could, do you remember the three main points? I do, yeah. There was um, refusal to pursue counselling. There was. And she said that was a fair cop. Misrepresentation of the reason for separation. Which was her going around telling everyone it was mutual when actually it wasn't. It was all her yeah. idea. She's so horrible. And then, oh, and I have to laugh at this one. Unilateral revocation of affinity and cessation of connubial congress. (laughs) Which was later downgraded to? Withdrawal of affection and emotional intimacy. Physical affection, yeah. Ah, was it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think I... I don't want to think about it. I don't think I'd even get myself into a position where I had to withdraw physical affection (laughs) from Shula, to be honest. No. Imagine being emotionally intimate with that woman. She was seen as like the the Venus of Ambridge, wasn't she, back in the day? Mm, Yeah, I think so. But it's not possible to imagine, really, is it? It happened, but I cannot believe that it could happen, really, having known her for so many years. I thought it was interesting when Freddie said to... Because there was a lot of Freddie and Lizzie scenes weren't there where he was she was just trying to get him through that week and i think yeah you know at that time we can afford a bit of positivity we think maybe it's going to be all right a wrap across the knuckles i mean did you do you yeah remember thinking at the time that he would get away with it because of privilege i wasn't sure if it would be because of privilege i had no idea about the severity of what he'd done in terms of the law really but what i do know is that Anyone who's facing potential prison sentence should be taken to a sea life centre. <laughs> a sea life centres are quite cool, aren't they, I suppose? But it did feel like, you know, like you tend to take kids to that, don't you? Well, I guess, yeah. It was kind of like a regression activity in a way, the m- mummy and son. Had the cider shed been going at this time, mm. there surely would have been a guilty fish joke. <laughs> going in here and what about nigel's impersonation of a fish (laughs) what was it blob 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 it was just and then um elizabeth went oh he used to drive me bloody mad (laughs) (laughs) yeah freddie said to elizabeth i think what dad would have made of this he wouldn't oh yeah what would he say he wouldn't have done something this stupid and uh elizabeth went no he wouldn't i was like uh went up on a roof pissed up yeah in like wind and rain (laughs) yeah he, he definitely did a lot of stupid things, yeah. did Nigel. But it was interesting how quickly Freddie's mind was changed with the mention of Daddy in terms of, do I tell the police about my further drug dealing activity and involvement with Ellis? Do I dob Ellis in? As soon as she said, what do you, you know, think about what Nigel would do or what Daddy would do or whatever, your father. And within 
couple of minutes, he'd gone, right, that's it. I'm off to Usha and I'm going to tell her everything. Elizabeth is convinced at that point that that's going to be beneficial mm. for him. And they said that won't get read out in court. Um, he was very nervous that Ellis was going to jump out and attack him. I think he thought Ellis has people everywhere. That wasn't to be. They did arrest Ellis, didn't they? Because there was a mention of um, Ellis having been brought in by the police. Yeah. It's interesting as well that they use the name Ellis as the person who led Freddie off on a bad route because it's, you know, you've got Ellis, you've got Freddie, which is the working class name. Uh, <laughs> I do remember having a listen back to another omnibus a little while ago. Maybe I'll dig that one out as well, which is the one mm. where Freddie and Nola Tando spiked Liz's risotto with magic mushrooms. <laughs> And Ellis got a mention in that. And that was the point where she was holding on to his passport, I think. Oh, yeah. And I just remember Nola Tandy went, get, get your passport while your mum's tripping. <laughs> it was changed a bit, the archers, isn't it? Yeah. Did, Elizabeth, did we hear Elizabeth sort of going, mm -hmm. Yeah, she was getting like, oh, this is I lovely. I'm going to have more of this. Yeah, this delicious risotto. Yeah. Freddie, mm. why have you got Cranford Crystal's head? <laughs> <laughs> old cranny cranny crystal got a few mentions this week old cosmic cannibal yeah well you know he freddie was missing cranford crystal and that's why elizabeth put him under a blanket in the car he wasn't just missing cranford crystal meth yeah <laughs> his own special brand oh elizabeth taking him back to the house which was strictly against the bail conditions under the blanket just so yeah. they could watch films together and he could see sleep in his own bed and see the animals. That was quite exciting, wasn't it? And naughty and very irresponsible. What do you think they watched? I reckon Shawshank Redemption <laughs> and then endless episodes of Prisoner Cell Block H. <laughs> Papillon. Bloody screws. Um, <laughs> yeah, also, Hedy had... Hedy? Freddy had to hide in a hedge. <laughs> That's because of the whole Crystal Cranford's head. <laughs> That's his new name. Hedy. Hedy. Can you pass me more risotto? <laughs> we'll have to dig. We'll have to do that week. It's or just really find nuts. that little section of it. Because in that episode, Ellis is still being talked about as like one of the cool kids at college. He's the only one without the uh, raspberry cords on, probably. I mean, wasn't the whole thing mm. with Nola Tanda that she got up on the roof and was kind of walking around in a very dangerous position? They had to talk her back. And there was like loads of Ni Nigel flashbacks. Oh, she was near a window, wasn't she? Uh, maybe it was that. But they said well, that your she... Your better than mine. I've got a window mm. in my mind. Yeah, I mean, they said she'd OD'd. I just remember her getting high as fuck, as I recall, yeah. which, you know, some people, not one person's, same, no, not yeah. that I recall. One person's high as fuck is another man's, another person's. It's, uh, it's the person's OD. whitey. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you say Ellis, there's a bit of a class thing there with the names. Mm. Another class divide moment I saw was when Helen bumped into Emma coming back with lots of mayonnaise. You went, oh, lots of mayonnaise there Emma and she went yeah we get through a lot and Helen went I'm sure yes I imagine you do yeah so she's just imagining lots of like oven baked mm. you know alphabetti nuggets potato nuggets being age food yeah she's like, I make my own you know yeah. she would wouldn't she as well make her own bloody mayonnaise Nola Tando did Skype 
Freddie. You could tell you could tell from that noise. Oh, these, yeah. these were the, the pre-Zoom times, weren't they? <laughs> Before the yes. pandemic. So you could still hear that little sign in and out of because she actually backed the notion that he should dob Ellis in and reveal all. And so did Johnny. Yeah. He thought he should as well. Johnny, who is now going to be the new herdsman at mm. Bridge Farm, which they're very excited about in 2018. Unfortunately, he's now chained to a wall somewhere in La Paz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was because Pat sort of went, oh, I tell you who I'm most excited to tell all the news to. And Tom said, Dad? No. <laughs> Johnny! Yeah. He's the new herdsman. I thought, does Johnny know that that's his new designated position, I wonder? The candle that Harrison lit before Jolene and Kenton entered was lemon something. I didn't catch the second word. Sabina? Maybe, yeah. And he said to settle the mood. But I thought he might have just it'd been mislabeled in the shop. And it was like, lemon fight. <laughs> lemon aggro. It could be like, maybe it was one of his like flares that they use <laughs> in the police. What those like smoke things? What's it called? Where they chuck it into a building? Tear gas. That's Tear it. gas. Yeah. <laughs> mm, funny old Harrison. I mean, it ends this week with Lizzie, and luckily she's got Shula with her in the car, saying, "I've lost them, haven't I, my kids?" So I think at that point she'd had the falling out with Lily about Russ. Yeah. Now Fred has gone down. I, the bit I really remember at the time when she said, I don't even know where they've taken him. And that must be quite terrifying as a parent. What if it's like not within one mile of Ambridge, you mean? That's yeah. Anything yeah. beyond that's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, Felpersham. Felpersham Nick. Oh, my, oh my God. God. That's going to take me 20 minutes, Shula. I'm a busy woman. County. He did let out. He's like, sorry, mum. That was quite touching. When I first heard it, because uh, I've listened twice, that actually made my eyes prickle. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was coming. I remember that being the last words that we heard him say for a while. Wasn't there one conjugal visit that we heard him? Or did we just keep... I think we heard Elizabeth say he looked so thin and so pale. But um, I don't know if we actually heard him on the inside. Conjugal visits. I always imagine they're ones with, where sex is involved. Is that not the case? Well, I hope not if it was Elizabeth. <laughs> but conjugal visit, I thought it was like when a wife visits and they're allowed to have a quick... I mean, I am looking at the image and the first image that comes up is a double bed. Ah. So Elizabeth visited Freddie in prison, got into a double bed. <laughs> no. Fortunately for us in the UK, conjugal visits are not permitted. Aha, so that isn't... I don't know why the word conjugal is forming in my head there. I liked how the judge led us a slight merry dance by saying that Freddie's previous good character, brought up in a really good home, done well at college, and then just went, bam, yeah. this is the worst type of drug dealing because there was no financial need to do so. So it was done purely out of, I can't remember what word she said, but um, I was like, oh, that's interesting, isn't it? It's sort of worse because he wasn't doing it to put food on the table or get his kids some clothes or whatever because of poverty it was just for the for the lols well she said yeah it was purely his own choice didn't she judge langford was the name of the judge i don't know who it was bonnie i know she's a little bit <laughs> she's a stern anti-drug yeah <laughs> it's very very hard line <laughs> on drugs yeah. um 
Yeah, so he got 12 months, didn't he? He did, but he never served that, did he? Nah. I'm trying to remember him getting out. I remember him more coming back from Ibiza and his, well, his tragic trip of Europe than I recently oh, yeah. than I do when he got out. <laughs> Mm. But poor Elizabeth, sort of. I mean, I wasn't entirely uh, breaking my heart about her. But things have fallen apart for her at the end of this omnibus. It's all my fault. Because she, she said, look, explain that you didn't just do it once. You did it loads of times. <laughs> yeah, that'll help, Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him it wasn't just a couple of joints. It was cocaine with a street value of 4.5 million and you were running county lines. <laughs> Be fine. It'd be much better that way instead of them finding out later. I wonder if she actually asked Usha, is it advisable for him to do this? I mean, Freddie did tell Usha and hopefully she would have said, no, don't do that. Are you high? <laughs> we talked a little bit about that fun, lo fun lot over at Bridge Farm. So we heard Tom, yeah. we heard Helen, we mentioned Hannah a bit, Tom and Hannah. Yeah, Tom and Hannah having sex pretty, pretty much, didn't we? Yeah, or post coital. Yeah, I've never sensed my genitals invert into my body so much <laughs> as during that scene, that build up, and that post coital chat. Yeah, she was full of herself, wasn't she? Well, full of Tom as well, <laughs> but she was she was properly like a different woman to nowadays. Yeah, wasn't she? Very, very forward, sort of like you know, if you ever want sex with me again, just ask. But I'm going to be also seeing Chad. And he was like, oh, I don't really, I'm all a bit confused about that. She's like, well, you've got Natasha on the back boiler, haven't you? Back yeah. boiler, back burner. You know, you said I could try and get her to help me with my trees. And didn't Hannah say, yeah, go and ask Natasha where to stick your fruit and nuts? <laughs> or did I dream that? I think that was, there was some line. There was a line about fruit and nut. Yeah. Yeah, that was... It, it it seemed that Tom was actually quite keen on Hannah, didn't it? Yeah. That was the impression I I mean, thought. there were some other dynamics going on there, wasn't there? So they were keeping it a secret from Johnny. Oh, yeah. He burst in, didn't he, to the house. Yeah. I don't remember Johnny minding that much. The only thing I remember is Jazza got a bit pissy with Tom about it. Why? I don't know, because he had a thing for Hannah, didn't he? And Tom wasn't upfront with him about what was happening. And then I think, wasn't there a thing <sighs> where Johnny was like Jazza's a mate and... This is all a bit awkward now. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like thinking Jazza pre-Tracy is hard, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, well, it, that's easier for me to remember. I found it stranger hearing Tom pre-Natasha because she's pretty much taken mm. over his brain and his life now, hasn't she? <laughs> yes. I mean, we also harked back to a time when Hannah was far less complimentary of Neil. Oh, yeah, not happy with him at all. She was in a right mood because of something he'd said to her at work. Yep. So, oh, God, what was the actual thing? Wish I could remember what it was. <laughs> oh, and she also had a dig about that to do with the house situation, didn't she? Yeah. Well, she well, that, brought that up. About that's the it. other thing which mm. is going on in the background of this story is that Ed and Emma yeah. are getting so excited about their house. Mm. And she's speaking to Peggy and Peggy's saying, oh, I, I was thinking I could financially help other people. Mm. Obviously planting this little seed in Emma's brain that when things go tits up with the house, she went to Peggy, didn't she? And Peggy yes. just went, how dare you come here and ask me for money? <laughs> Don't you feel totally humiliated, you mayo-eating peasant? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, God, because she Peggy also was trying to say to Brian and Jennifer that she could help them. I've seen my financial advisor. And he told her to piss off, really, didn't he? Because it's his own problem. Fair play to Brian not wanting to be dug out by Peggy. I think he Yeah, could. yeah, yeah. But definitely. At, at Who'd point... want to be beholden to her? Jesus. She what she was gonna um liquidate Tony, wasn't she, or something? <laughs> <laughs> I thought she's another a, one of yeah, my financial advisor said the best thing we could liquidate was and I thought she's gone. Say Tony. <laughs> Say Tony, Peggy. In Pat's massive blender. Yeah. And then serve <laughs> serve him up at the harvest supper, along with Nick, <laughs> Tony Casserole and Nick Pie. really good wouldn't it if they got the gold rosette and they're just made out of people <laughs> i'm sure that happens in small towns oh dear oh dear yeah what yeah. cannibalism yeah <laughs> cannibal lectern he's creeping around in every village pub i reckon looking for a new bank what's that tom 35,000 for your bullshit sausage business? No problem. Have you considered the Bank of Peggy? Why, yes, darlings. Have a third of my savings to fund a rewilding project just so can abandon it a year later. Reasonable rates and lots of godly double standards. Sorry, Tony. No money for trains, I'm afraid. Book an appointment today with Hilda the Cat. Oh, Emma, you can sod off. Yeah, I mean, also, that's funny as well, because Hannah's found herself quite in the shit regarding a place to live recently as well, hasn't she? So, yeah, yeah, that's been a consistent thing. That bit where she said, to, yeah. have you noticed something, Tom? He's like, uh, no. She's like, I don't smell of pig. <laughs> what? Because aren't pig pheromones meant to be a thing that people like spray on themselves? Oh, oh, I don't know. I might have dreamt that. I remember years and years ago. <laughs> Uh, we were out in this pub in Bristol oh, called the, um, uh, the Hillgrove. And mm. there was this girl there who was, who was going back like 20 years. And she was kind of in the extended group of uh, friends. I didn't know her that well. Mm. And at some point I could hear her saying, oh, yeah, can you smell it? It's like um, it was like a pheromone spray that she'd put on to kind of like for attraction. And it was quite Good pungent. Heaven. And at that point, my mate walked in. He pulled a pint, walked straight up to him. And went, What's that stink? <laughs> And it was just kind of like turned my back to them. And I was like, oh, brilliant. She's wearing, it's she's not going to wear that, is it? She's been banging on about that for about the last like 15 minutes. But different people's smells attract different people, don't they? Because I once saw a program where they put a bunch of people, women, into a room and they and a bunch of jumpers or something. And they all had to smell the jumpers and say which one they preferred the smell of. And then they matched them with that guy. It was a way of, like a speed dating type thing through smell okay because if you like the smell of the other person then you're probably attracted to them interesting i mean there are certain smells to this day certain perfumes that will hit me and i'll be immediately like oh my god i'm back in that year at that age mm. there's like three yeah. principal ones that if i still smell them now i'm like god i remember that summer or i remember all the girls were wearing that at that time and uh -huh. um yeah it's a lot of the body shop ones that were around. Uh, oh, yes. Body shop yeah. Dewberry. Um, oh, I loved that. The body shop Patchouli. 
I still look, I mean, patchouli even takes me back to even before then, like being in yeah. high school and stuff. I still like it. I think it's, it's kind of made yeah. its way back into the mainstream now, hasn't it? In a lot of shower it's gels. It's really heady, like isn't it? Like yeah. it, yeah. But I mean, my friends used to like douse their leather jackets in it and absolutely yeah. and rub it into their hair. Eternity for women and Georgia, like those, like I can always remember those were very mm. popular with like the girls in school and stuff. So if someone walks past me wearing one of those in the street, not so much the body. I don't know if the body shop Dubery even exists anymore, does it? Oh, no, I don't think it does, no. But there was a patch of time where it was prevalent, wasn't it? Yeah. I did like that. Yeah. I mean, what smells get you going, Kerry? Creosote. Creosote. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> this isn't to do with men. But um, oh, I just love, you know, when someone's painted a fence, I also like, you know, those um, burning tar barrel things that you okay, used yeah. to get in the street, that sort of. I used to love, as know. a kid, like getting out of the car when the parents were filling up and just inhaling the, the mm, fumes petrol. of the petrol. Yeah. Which, funnily enough, like did that, not lead me down the path of a lot of my peers <sighs> a few years later, which was inhaling petrol directly out of their motorbike fuel tanks, which didn't appeal oh, in the slightest. No. Yeah, yeah. Or sniffing glue or anything. No. I don't, I didn't, Chuff, know anyone, glue. didn't know anyone directly that did that, but I knew some people that used to do daft stuff like petrol it's and horrible. like calor yeah. gas and stuff like that. I just did not get that at all. Have a cider, mm. for God's sake. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Creosote. I mean, I'm kind of, I can't make up my mind on it, really. I'm on the fence. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about manly odours, really, or aftershaves. Hmm. There was Dracar Noir. That was one from the 80s. Do you remember that as an aftershave? Mm, I don't. You were probably too young for that, weren't uh, you? I remember all the blokes used to wear Fahrenheit, Oh. which I was not a big fan of. A bit kind I, st of I still wear a perfume now that is really out of fashion but i love it and it's tommy girl and that is a really fresh lovely smell that takes me back to earlier times i used to also like reeve gauche when i was in the 80s that blue tin didn't one of the first things happen when i met you which was to walk up give you a hug <laughs> and just say are you wearing tommy girl do you not oh remember yes that? yes 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 correct yeah oh so, yeah, I don't um, know what you were wearing. I, uh, at that time, I don't know. It would have been something from Brazil or maybe Prada. I used, to, I used mm. to have Prada, but I think I've exhausted that now. No, what am I talking about? It was jazz. <laughs> 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 By Yves Saint Laurent. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, bloody hell. I thought that was the height of sophistication at one point <clears throat> and then uh, very quickly realised it wasn't. Well, we've kind of turned into a sensory smell-based podcast. Yeah, that was all because of pig pheromones. Yeah. I'm going to make a scarf out of bacon, I think. See how I get on, <laughs> on the streets of Brighton. I can't think of a bacon scarf joke. Sorry, Kerry. I was thinking pashmina. <laughs> no, no, no. Anything else that we've missed from this week? Uh, I'm looking down my list. Through. I don't think so. Not from our actual topics that we sort of made a little list of. No. Um, I mean, certainly one, mm -hmm. this is a slightly different episode than usual in as much as like, you know, we're going to, I might put a few silly ads in that date back to the, the episode that we listened to, but all the patron stuff and those bits and pieces we will do 
next week. There is a Nadine Dorries rap, which has been teased. I think that's <laughs> coming next week because uh, last week's ads, um, I think I made them in about five minutes because I was a bit... <laughs> I was a bit baked and then I like was yes, up against. Were, what, I, what I do want to say, though, is it would be nice to get a bit of feedback on whether this has been enjoyed, you know, our time travel. We're doing it out of necessity right now, but I think in future we might do it for fun as well. I think we'd certainly consider doing it on the Patreon and, and just posting a link up. I mean, one thing I should say that, you know, in regards to Patreon, thanks to everyone that supports the podcast. Because, you know, things, something as simple as Kerry's mic, don't come cheap, yeah. and then the bloody the sites. 94 that pounds. All right, Kerry, don't <laughs> lay it on. Um, and yeah, and things like the, the, the websites that host the bloody podcast, sometimes they message you and say, hey, it's now your price is going up and stuff like that. So whenever stuff like that happens, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. But like, we really yeah. appreciate the patrons. Like, you really have our back. So we're very grateful for all of that. Um, yes, we are for supporting us. So thanks for that. I know that you know every week I read out the patron stuff and probably don't double down enough on just how grateful we are for it. So we are thanks. You know, really, mm. really are. You get your jingles, but sometimes I'm just lost in the moment. But yeah. So anyway, yeah. Anyone who wants to become a patron, go to www.patreon.com forward slash the cider shed. If you want to let us know what you thought of this episode on Twitter, Kerry. At the Cider Shed Pod is our Twitter handle. I was just thinking as well. Did we mention Robert going, why, why in the, in the oh, show? Oh, no, Robert and Linda. Because he loves the idea of karate, doesn't That's he? That's what we've forgotten, isn't it? Oh, it just made me laugh so much where he did some noises and obviously knocked stuff down in the shop when he was doing a bit of Bruce Lee. Yeah, and there was that moment where... Linda was like, oh, no, of course, I can't possibly get involved with the Christmas panto mm. this year. Absolutely not. The last time. And then she read some books. And she came back and went, I've had some inspiring ideas. And just heard Robert go, uh-oh. And she went, yeah. I'm going to, as a last gasp performance for Ambridge, I'm going to create, <laughs> what she said, a show for the ages. And you could hear like yes. Robert almost going like, oh, for fuck's oh, sake. Oh, God, here we go again. Yeah, she was going to. She didn't actually say what it was going to be, did she? She was going to go and uh, put it to the masses. And he was like, oh, you're going to get them lot to do it all, are you? Yeah, she's going to go to Justin Soiree for new BL board members. <laughs> Can't really see that. This week as the Pied Piper, Martin Gibson. <laughs> he probably wasn't there by then, was he? No, I do have a vague notion of her speaking to Justin about it and him sort of saying he'd contribute somehow, just so he would look good yeah i mean if anyone knows off the top of their head what the christmas production ended up being in 2018 because i think 2019 was canterbury tales wasn't it and then 2020 was jim's ghost stories now can you remember this we had russ we had andonise on in 2021 and he was we talked about the ghost stories so that had to have been 2020 I know we spoke to him. I would not have been able to tell you when. Well, we have to think how long the podcast has been going. Yeah, but my brain doesn't work like that. I can't. Mm, I okay. don't know of dates. As you know, I don't remember egg times of egg problems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the years of egg problems. <laughs> what a great quote that was. <laughs> yeah, my biggest fear is that you're going to go off to Latvia, drink slightly too much knockoff vodka and you're going to come back and think we're following on from this week that we've just reviewed <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, well, I stepped the... back in time. Yeah, how's the cheese going? Did Bert win the flower and produce show? Did Jenny, uh, <laughs> yeah. how did Jenny get on? Oh, dear. It was lovely hearing Jennifer. It was, yeah. And Robert. Yeah, that, that's always touching, isn't it? I think I will do mm. a little bit of digging and see what... I want to hear what Freddie... I know that Freddie kind of lost it with Alistair. I don't quite remember whether it was... I think it was mm. a breakdown, wasn't it? More than anger. Uh, but I will have yeah. to go back and dig that out. But anyway, Kerry was just yeah. saying what the Twitter was. Our Instagram mm. is the same, at the Cider Shed Pod. We have a Facebook group po- called the Cider Shed Podcast. And we have an email where you can let us know all things Cider Shed related. Hello at the CiderShed.com. So, yeah, I'll say it again. It's a slightly different episode this week. Necessity is the mother of invention. Is that what they say? That's correct. Yes. Okay. That is true. And we don't mind on our Facebook group if people talk about predictions, uh, what's happened in episodes that they've heard. Yeah, well, it won't be any danger with this one, will it? Because <laughs> it happened over five years ago. But yeah, well, no. but no, we we had, we had a few pointers of people saying, "Oh, you're giving spoilers and stuff like that," and you know, we just try to explain that we think that we the best policy is to run the Facebook group like we would run the tweet along. Yeah, it goes out when it goes out, and if you're trying to avoid something, don't look at the group until That's after the down omnibus. to the listener, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, Kerry, when are you actually mm. off? I fly Thursday morning and I return Sunday evening. I also have Monday off work, but it's looking like there's going to be snow on Saturday and Sunday in the old town of Latvia. So I'm really hoping that happens. I'll uh, post some nice photographs on the uh, Twitter. I'll send them to you as well, Matthew. Okay, so I think Um, probably what we'll do if we can fit it in is next week, We'll do a little bit of a review of the week we missed because obviously there's been, and we'll put that out on Patreon and then we'll resume normal duties the following, like that coming Mm -hmm. week, weekend. Because obviously Rob has died and um, Helen went to a party and that's all we know so far. uh, The party wasn't that Rob had died. She's not cold. He died at 9.09, yeah. very specific. I was desperately trying to think, what could we say? A titch on time dies just after nine. <laughs> it was good that it was Tom who told um, Helen as well, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I'll save it for next week, but I actually thought Tom was quite good in that scene. Yeah, he was. You know? mm. And you know, of Helen's avoiding it because she knows what it is. It's the inevitable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there were some, there were some funny moments from Mondays. Not so much from Sundays, but hey, we'll talk about that all on the Patreon. So, like, thanks for your patience, yeah. everyone. We know it's um, it's not our usual format, but that's how it's going out this week. And um, yeah, when Kerry's back, you get the Patreon, and then you'll get the regular episode. Okay. Thanks, everybody. All right. See you all. Should we make the noise that means we're going back to the present now? Yeah. I'm wobbling. That's. Nigel's impression of the fish again, Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Oh. See you soon. Have a great trip, Bye. Kerry. Thank you, darling. Bye-bye. Hello.